Our governor calls Utah the startup capital of the world, and it tracks. We've got a fast-growing, well-educated population and a buzzing economy. And just last week, Utah unveiled the Startup State Initiative, a resource portal for entrepreneurs. From step-by-step -step guides to a business plan generator, startup.utah.gov is now the first stop for starting or growing a business here. That's startup.utah.gov. Here's what Salt Lake's talking about. In the year of our Lord 2023, the term Nepo baby was added to the dictionary. It's playful slang for the children of famous people whose connections have been essential to their own success. Now, I'm sure you can name some Hollywood Nepo babies like Zoe Kravitz and Sofia Coppola. But for some families, politics is the business. Today, we unpack the family trees of four local politicians. You know them, but do you know the parents or spouses who helped pave their way? It's Tuesday, November 21st. Happy Election Day, Utah. Let's have some fun. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Executive producer Emily Means, you and I are here to talk about local political Nepo babies. Before we get ourselves <laughs> in trouble. <laughs> please, please, a disclaimer, Ali Vallarta. We are using the term Nepo baby not to be condescending. We are not here to imply that any of these people have not worked incredibly hard in their careers. It's a cultural buzzword. It's on the yeah. cover of like The New Yorker. It's it's like the conversation that's happening right now around celebrity children. Can you quickly define the term? Because not yes. everyone is as deep in the pop cultural landscape as you are, my not friend. Not everyone reads Us Weekly like <laughs> me. Yeah. A Nepo baby is, Nepo is short for nepotism. So like Kaya Gerber is a Nepo baby because she's the daughter of supermodel Cindy Crawford. Um, Tracy Ellis Ross is a Nepo baby because she is the daughter of Diana Ross, who now has a successful career. And hard to argue that it isn't linked to the success of her mother, right? So Nepo baby just means like, yeah, you we're born with a foot in the door. And good for them. Honestly. But I think that the reason that we want to talk about this today is that, I mean, when it comes to celebrities, like the stakes are low, you know? Right. If you become a supermodel because your mom was a supermodel, like that just kind of feels right to me. It makes sense. You're also ridiculously good looking. Right. And 5'11". But like in terms of elected officials, I do think like whether or not it has anything to do with like the validity or the scope of their service, I think it is just important that we know when people who represent us are well connected and what those relationships look like. And it's also interesting. <laughs> right, right. So, Ali, this brings up two responses from me. Either, awesome, I loved your parents. I'm so glad you're <laughs> cut from the same cloth. This is great news for our state. <laughs> or... You've ridden your parents' coattails to get here, and I don't think that's fair, and now I'm mad about it. So it's like, these mm -hmm. are the two feelings that I'm trying to hold in my brain. Mm -hmm. And I think there are some pros and cons for, you know, for having a familial lineage in politics. Yeah, completely agree. 
Well, let's get into it, shall we? Shall we? Okay, we're going to do this a little bit story time style. You and I have each picked two people to become basically historians about. And we're going to just alternate. We've got four total. So if it's okay with you, I'm going to start. Oh, please. Okay. So my first submission here is actually already breaking the mold. This is not a Nepo baby. This is a Nepo spouse. And it is Anne Granado, Salt Lake County Council member from District 4. So she represents, again, not city council, county council. She's representing like Mill Creek, Holiday, part of Cottonwood Heights and Emigration Canyon. I would call those the cool burbs. (laughs) That's nice. And when we think about like the influence of this role, you and I feel like we're constantly hammering away on this show. Please care about the county, right? They, every year, the county council approves the mayor's budget. This year, that budget is $1.9 billion, right? Like Mm -hmm. Salt Lake County property taxes, which is the county's, one of the county's biggest sources of revenue, if not the biggest, helps fund local police, fire, and roads in the cities in the county. The county is also the continuum of care for homelessness, which means that like in terms of the federal government's relationship with providing resources for homeless individuals in Salt Lake County, the county is the middleman, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot that happens at this level. Anne's story is so interesting to me. Do you know it well, Emily? I hardly know it at all. Okay. And so I'm excited to learn more. Okay. So in June of 2018, Anne Granado was elected to the seat in a special election whereby she's a Democrat and delegates from the Democratic Party chose who was going to replace the Salt Lake County Council member who had been in that seat, who was her husband, Sam Granado. He Mm. died of cancer. And what's so interesting about this handoff is that Sam, who we'll get into him because his story is so interesting, and he is he was like a real legend. Like I remember being at like this thing called Politisauce, which is like the Democrats big like spaghetti dinner fundraiser. And Sam was there and they were honoring him. And like people talked about him like he was just almost like a local God. Like he was just this like salt of the earth. Everyone loved him, had good relationships across the aisle kind of guy. And he knew that he was dying of cancer and he knew that it would be in the middle of his second term and that there would be a special election. And he and Anne had four children and nine grandchildren, okay? And he says to Anne, I want you to run for the seat. (laughs) And I think she was kind of like, fine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, how would you respond to that, Allie? (laughs) Exactly, it's your husband's dying wish. You know what I mean? Like, but he specifically had said, like, it's important to me that this term is basically carried out by a Granado and like a member of this family. You are my partner. I mean, Anne has at this point lived in the district for 60 years. Like, it's got to be you. And delegates agreed. They were like, it's got to be Anne. So that's that was her and Trump. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's the interesting thing. I mean, if you're listening to this and you're like, Granado, Granado, I know that name. You do. Granado's market in Holiday is Bingo. the family business. They're also at the Salt Lake City Airport now. And that's right. This all began as an importing company when Frank Granado, Francesco Salvatore Granado, who was an Italian immigrant to Salt Lake City, started like basically importing Italian and Mediterranean products to supply to restaurants. And like Uh that's the family business. It's three generations. So 
Italian small business owners like get interested in public service. That's the American dream. <laughs> yeah, it's all coming together. Yeah, I'm curious to know if Anne feels like she has been able to carve her own path in this role or if she's just simply carrying on the legacy of Sam. I'll be honest, and I hope, like, Anne Granato, if you're listening to this, I hope you don't feel like I'm putting words in your mouth. Um, You know, my sense isn't that she really cares about carving her own paths. I mean, to be clear, like, I do think Anne Granato is qualified for this work. I mean, when you think about when people run for office, like, small business owner is often something that's touted. It's this understanding of a community and how it works and what it's like to be someone kind of squarely in the middle of a lot of these processes. She still works as a Medicaid specialist at the state of Utah oh. Department of Health. So like she, this is a civil servant. Like this is someone with a background in state bureaucracy. And I think it's really great to have someone on our county council who understands healthcare and specifically healthcare financing, given that the Salt Lake County Health Department is, I mean, they're the biggest stick in the mm-hmm. county when it comes to health and wellness. So I think she's like, I think she wants to do a good job and get out on time. You know, like her seat is up in January of 2025. We'll see who gets in this race in probably around, you know, midsummer 2024, early 2024. If I had to bet, it won't be her. She's going to see this through, do a good job and potentially want to be involved in like thinking about who might run, you know, and who. But I would be surprised if she did run again. I wonder if it might be another Granado. How many kids did you say? Four? Four kids and nine grandchildren. Hmm. So I would say, um, wow, get to know your neighbor, Anne Granado. <laughs> <laughs> well, Allie, may I present to you my first political Nepo baby? Please. As we've coined it. May I introduce you to State Senator Kirk Cullimore. He (laughs) is a Republican from Sandy, so he is in Salt Lake County. Uh, He served in that position since 2018. He is currently in Senate leadership. And just a little bit more about him. He's sponsored a lot of bills related to our judicial system, including one this year that changed the way judges are picked in a Hmm. way that critics say will make the process more partisan. So... That's one that's on his record. He's also put forth some air quality legislation in the past. Also, fun fact, an extremely talented violinist. Really? One time, yes. One time I saw a video on Facebook. It was like from the big Senate, I don't know, like start of the legislature dinner. And Kirk Cullimore is just like tearing up a fiddle <laughs> like I, I think he was playing devil went down to georgia actually and Stop i was like right what now. i just it's too much i'm shocked <laughs> by that because his vibe is definitely more piano <laughs> yeah right um so that's kirk cullimore but okay, you might wait. have okay go ahead no well i we're probably about to say the same thing because you have not <laughs> mentioned real estate and when i think cullimore i think landlords and rental policy Indeed, Allie. You might have also heard about Senator Cullimore's father, Kirk Cullimore Sr., and that is because Kirk Cullimore Sr. is a landlord attorney and former president of the Utah Apartment Association. His law firm handles, like, most of the evictions cases in the state. 
Um, there was a really great series of reporting by Eric Peterson with the Utah Investigative Journalism Project, peeling apart the onion of Kurt Cullimore Sr.'s influence on landlord-tenant laws in Utah in that he wrote them. He wrote most of them. Yeah. And at the Utah Apartment Association, I mean, like, if you're a renter in Utah, go ahead and pull your lease out of whatever drawer it's stuffed into. Chances are it's a template from the Utah Apartment Association. Yes, exactly. So uh, you can credit Kirk Cullimore Sr. for that. Um, Kirk Cullimore Jr., the senator, was also the government affairs chair for the Utah Apartment Association. Hmm. And this is kind of bringing me around to this this point that I want to put forth. It feels like Utah lawmakers generally are also kind of nepo babies of the real estate property management sector. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Something like a quarter of state legislators are tied to real estate in some way. Yeah. You know, whether they're a lawyer. Yeah. (laughs) They're a lawyer, a developer, a contractor or a landlord, something like that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's Kirk Cullimore, our senator. And that was his intro to politics, I guess. Well, I got to say, he has an airtight reputation of being, I think, kind of fearsome in the uh, renter community. Like, Cullimore bills usually favor landlords, and he's still practicing law, right? Yes, yes. And I think he he was previously with his father's law firm. I'm not quite sure where he's at now. Hmm. But um, I think there was a Salt Lake Tribune story. Maybe it was part of this Eric Peterson reporting series that shows, like, listen, if, if you're trying to get a bill passed that eases up even a little bit on these landlord-tenant laws to favor tenants, I mean, it is just an uphill battle. And I think you can thank Kurt Cullimore Sr. for that. And surely having Kurt Cullimore Jr. in a position of leadership in the legislature doesn't make it any easier. Good work, Emily. That's an important one. Mother's Day is on the horizon, and the good news is that you can find everything you need at Harmons. Whether it's a little something to brighten Mom's Day or a memorable spread, here are a few ideas. For breakfast, try Harmons House Baked Cinnamon Rolls with freshly squeezed orange juice and a package of fresh cut strawberries. If you're spicing it up with Bloody Marys, don't forget that Harmons has an olive bar with over 12 different varieties. Now flowers are the perennial favorite, and you can order online or pop by the store last minute. Shop succulents, potted plants, and elaborate arrangements. May's flower of the month is the hydrangea. Very appropriate. Hydrangeas are fragrant and elegant. And if sweets are in order, Harmon's has added raspberry to their selection of brownie flavors. Find all mom's favorites at your local Harmon's or order online at harmonsgrocery.com. Epic Brewing is one of the OGs in building Utah's craft beer scene. But I am most excited about their recent adventures in canned cocktails. First, they released the Utah Mule. And as a big fan of ginger, I have been sipping those for almost a year now. But now, this April, we have the Utah Margarita. 
a delicious, locally fermented blend of real lime and agave, and they create alcohol by fermenting cane sugar instead of using tequila, which means you can buy Utah margaritas at the grocery store. Pick up a six-pack of Epic Brewing's Utah Margarita or Utah Mule at any local Harmon's or Trader Joe's, or you can visit Epic Brewery on State Street in downtown Salt Lake City. They're open seven days a week. And this fall, look out for the Utah Cosmo. I have my second one ready for you. Are you ready for this one? This is a good one. I, I'm ready. Okay. May I present Salt Lake County Mayor Jenny Wilson. And a quick disclaimer, which is that I used to work for Jenny, which is part of how I know this much about her uh, and her family. But I do feel like, as listeners, you should know that information. I appreciate that. And two Salt Lake County picks. Well, I listen, you know, again, I have this obsession with the power of the county. And it's so interesting because, like I said, Salt Lake County Mayor Jenny Wilson, she won a special election and then re-election just recently. And her job is basically to be the CEO of the county. And in a lot of places, the head of the county is called the chief executive. But we have this weird habit in Salt Lake of using the term mayor, which is why we have two mayors. Like Salt Lakers think of ourselves as having two mayors. So Jenny Wilson currently serving as Salt Lake County mayor, though she was on the Salt Lake County Council in an at-large seat, which means she represented the entire county, not just a district. Um, she served for 10 years on the Salt Lake County Council. Oh, wow. So, like, in terms of being qualified to be the mayor of the county, I mean, she knows the county. <laughs> she knows how it works. Yeah. And when she was elected, she was the first woman ever elected to the Salt oh Lake County God. Council, right? She also ran for mayor of Salt Lake City in 2007, and she ran for U.S. Senate against Orrin Hatch and Mitt Romney. Well, it was against Orrin Hatch. Orrin decided not to run again, basically tapped Mitt Romney in 2018. And I mentioned that because her father also ran against Orrin Hatch. (laughs) He did it (laughs) in 1982. So Jenny Wilson, you see where we're going. Her dad is Ted Wilson. And this is the big sort of, I mean, I might even go so far as to say that the Wilsons are emerging as a bit of a a dynasty in Utah. I don't know how many generations it takes to make a dynasty, but um, his other daughter, Jenny's sister, Missy Larson, was the chief of staff to Attorney General Sean Reyes until 2017 when she left to go work at doTERRA, the essential oils company, where she's now the vice president of philanthropy and community impact, but she's worn a lot of hats there. But we got to talk about Ted Wilson. So Ted Wilson is the mayor of Salt Lake City from 1976 to 1985. Before that, he was the head of social services for Salt Lake County. Hello, again, Jenny's career in so many ways, kind of mirroring his, And he was the chief of staff to a Utah congressman in D.C. That's kind of how he got into politics. So in the 90s, to give you a sense of like when we talk about the nepotism, in the 90s, Ted Wilson, he's not the mayor of Salt Lake City anymore. He's the director of the Hinckley Institute of Politics at the University of Utah, Mm -hmm. okay? While he's serving there, his daughter, Jenny, is the chief of staff to a Utah congressman named Bill Orton in Washington, D.C., and her sister, Missy Larson, is his press secretary. (laughs) Oh, well, a family business. (laughs) 
Like if if they if the Wilsons were at family dinner, you had a quorum and they couldn't discuss yeah. business. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> <laughs> they could actually vote. Yeah. Right. But the thing about Ted Wilson and like, I mean, he was just recently honored on the Senate floor. I think Senator yeah. Luz Escamilla invited him and kind of made a to do about his service. I just I think it's important to understand what it was like to live in Salt Lake City during the Ted Wilson mayoral administration. He was the guy, like the guy, like this is a handsome, rugged mountaineer who is the mayor of Salt Lake City. If you get a Ted Wilson story, if you get FaceTime with him and he tells you a story, like you're lucky. He's a great storyteller. He's lived this incredible life. But like before becoming the mayor of Salt Lake City, he made the first ascents in Little Cottonwood Canyon as a climber. Nobody wanted to climb granite at the time because they thought it was dangerous. Ted Wilson was like the first person to climb granite oh in Little Cottonwood. That's... And now you look down that canyon, it's nothing. It's people traveling from all over the world to climb that granite. Like That's legendary. When he was a park ranger at Grand Teton National Park, he did a rescue on the north face of Grand Teton Mountain that was so dangerous and death-defying that he received the Department of the Interior Valor Award. (laughs) I didn't even know that existed. (laughs) Like, that's the guy that becomes your mayor, okay? It's the 70s, and he's friends with Robert Redford and Yvonne Chouinard, who is, at the time, founding Patagonia. (laughs) Whoa. uh, He's Salt Lake royalty. He's Salt Lake royalty, and I think there's part of me that's like, it's comedic because it's so, it's so Salt Lake. Like, you're just like... Did Salt Lake make Ted Wilson or did Ted Wilson make Salt Lake? You know what I mean? But at the same time, if that's your dad, like, that's a really high bar. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Jenny Wilson, like, doesn't shy away from it. Like, she loves to talk about her dad and his legacy. She's really proud of him. She has brought him up a lot in her political career. Like, she talks about being a kid. And when her dad was the mayor, her mom, Kathy, is an artist. And, like, didn't really want to, like, wasn't interested in, like, cutting the ribbons and doing the parade. Like, you know, that wasn't Mm -hmm. as much her thing. And so Jenny would go with her dad because she loved Mm -hmm. it and thought it was a blast. So that's kind of the making of. Set on her path, kind of. Yeah. Okay, Allie, may I present to you my final pick? Another figure in Utah politics who also loves his dad? Four for four. Bring it home. (laughs) Here we go. Who is it? You know him. Perhaps as our junior U.S. senator or the savior of the 2002 Olympics or the guy who likes hot dogs. A man who puts ketchup on salmon. (laughs) The one and only Willard Mitt Romney. (laughs) Anyway, Mitt Romney. The crowd goes Um, wild. The crowd goes wild. Well, not the crowd at the Utah GOP convention, but (laughs) the crowd elsewhere goes wild. (laughs) So let me tell you about Mitt Romney. Yeah. Uh, he was also the Republican presidential nominee in 2012. He was the governor of Massachusetts from 2003 to 2007. So mm-hmm. he has quite a storied career in politics. And Romney's dad, George, appears to have set him on his path. Mm. So, Allie, I've been reading this book called Mormon Rivals, The Romneys, The Huntsmans, and The Pursuit of Power. Uh, And this is a book by former Salt Lake Tribune reporters Matt Canham and Tommy Burr. And so I've been learning a lot about the Romney family. And George Romney, 
Mitt's dad was this really successful businessman. He served in Washington as Richard Nixon's Secretary of Housing and Urban Development. He was the governor of Michigan and a very, very popular governor of Michigan. He served three terms. And that was really Mitt's first entry to politics was when George Romney ran for governor. And there's this really great quote from Mitt uh, where he says, I would introduce myself and shout out to people walking past. You should vote for my father for governor. Oh, my God. <laughs> of course. And people were probably like, who is that handsome eight-year-old? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> His jaw is so chiseled. And once George Romney won the governorship, he actually brought on Mitt as an intern during his his years oh, yeah. as governor. Okay. Yep. And this is the money quote, Allie. This is where I actually like dog-eared the book uh, in preparation for this show because George Romney's aides would remark how often the young Romney would get involved in policy discussions. The dynamic felt an awful lot like a protege being groomed by a mentor. So if we're talking about political Nepo babies, my friend, Romney is it. Romney is the one. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how Mitt got his start. And honestly, Allie, like George Romney's politics have also clearly influenced Mitt's politics. Um, Mm -hmm. Back in the day, George Romney called out extremists in his party. Does that ring a bell to anyone? Mitt was Mm -hmm. the only Republican who voted to impeach Donald Trump, I think the first time around, right? Mm -hmm. Second time around, some other folks joined in. And yeah, they're just cut from the same cloth. Do you remember like kind of in the early aughts, the, the popular term for moderate Republicans was, people would say, socially liberal, fiscally conservative. Yes. That was sort of the party line. And when I think about like Mitt Romney, I think he is sort of the last standing socially liberal, fiscally conservative. And he still talks about his dad. But often it is, I feel like he brings up his dad when he's taking a, he thinks he's taking a principled Mm -hmm. side on an issue. Like we've seen photos of his dad like marching in civil rights protests, right? And I guess what I'm trying to say is I feel like Mitt Romney's dad was more progressive than him. <laughs> and like that that's influenced his politics and to this day and like I mean in a lot of ways around social issues probably oh, god I can't say left but you know. No, Mitt Romney is not a leftist, that's for <laughs> sure. <laughs> That's what you're getting at. (laughs) But, I mean, great point. Um, George Romney previously marched in support of civil rights. We saw Mitt Romney do the same, marching in a Black Lives Matter protest um, uh, during the George Floyd protests of 2020. So he's definitely sought inspiration from his father in that regard. And I think it's important to, to say, like, marching in a protest does not legislation writing make. I mean, we have not seen a lot of hallmark civil rights legislation from Mitt Romney. Good point. So, Allie, as I've been reading this book and, you know, as we've been talking about these uh, these power families of Utah politics, I've been thinking about who's next in the Romney family. And uh. Mitt has a ton of kids, him and Anne. They seem to have a very happy life together. I think they've even... Wait, can we name them? Actually, there's a website called Mitt Romney's Sons that I just saw in the research of this show. Tag Matt, Craig, Josh, Ben. Mitt Romney's Sons, the unofficial guide. Google it. Um, So he has a lot of kids, but I think the one that most people would point to as his political successor 
mm. is Josh Romney. And Josh Romney is already kind of out there as a mover and shaker in this community. He's on the board of Shelter the Homeless, which owns the homeless resource centers in Salt Lake County. He also works in real estate. So coming mm-hmm. back to that, uh, you know, real estate setting everyone on their path in Utah politics. Uh, he's worked on his father's presidential campaigns and... Like, in the past, there have been rumors that he would replace Mitt. There were rumors that he would replace him in the Senate. Uh, in 2008, there was a Salt Lake Tribune story called Josh Romney Decides Against Running for Congress for Now. Hmm. Like, it seems like a foregone conclusion. And I think that is probably the thing that rubs me the wrong way the most when we're talking about this, is that it just feels like a foregone conclusion Mm. that if politics is the family business, well, here are our future leaders, you know? Yeah. I mean, same with Tag. His son Tag was asked if he would run for Senate in Massachusetts in 2014, and he gave a quote that was along the lines of, like, now's not the time. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, Mm -hmm. implies that the time is coming. And, again, when someone says now's not the time... It also feels like foregone conclusion is the subtext. Yeah. It's kind of like coming from a political family gives you the benefits of incumbency in a way, right? You know, Mm, like... Name ID. Name ID, right? And it's like, I'd like for you to stand on your own merits. Yeah. I think it's a balance because there are ways in which we benefit from being represented by people that have deep networks. Right. But also, if you think about the amount of legislation, the amount of legwork that goes into writing bills and policies to protect us as an electorate from political corruption, and I don't mean to imply that nepotism and corruption go hand in hand, but I think that like we do so much to try and protect our democracy from backdoor conversations like think about how mad you and I get when meetings aren't public right Right. like we get frustrated as reporters and as individuals when we can't see the minutes of a discussion about an issue that impacts the public and so I think that there's a loose relationship between that frustration and our sort of fascination and obsession with nepotism But to the point of why we're making this episode, knowledge is power. So knowing a little bit more about who represents you can help you understand their decision making and feel better acquainted with people in power. And that's kind of the point of our show, right? Right. All right. Well, Emily Means, happy election day. Oh, happy election day, Allie. Uh, You can turn in your mail-in ballot to an election drop box, to an in-person voting center until 8 p.m. today. But do not put it in the mailbox today. That ship has sailed. You got to walk it down and drop it off in person at a drop box or at a voting site. Get out there, participate, feel good about it. We hope this was fun and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye. That is all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. We will be back tomorrow morning with election results, what we've got of them, and a mini news roundup before you head into hopefully a long weekend. Thanks for listening. Bye.